This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet this hour, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, co-hosting with me today, Squeak Larkins, our PhD, and... Tell them about what you do. Oh, <laughs> oh, here, oh, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, actually, I do therapy work with horses, mostly with oxygen and something Move your head. good to the turning, oh, point. the turning point. Yes, our segment, our this barrel is, segment, segment is, yes. uh, is brought to you by that and, and kinesiology we do, and, and kinesiology therapy. and we and barrel training and cutting horse training. So you know, and problem horses. That, and and in her spare time, she yes. co-hosts the radio show. Exactly, <laughs> and then and then doing so. We're having Terry Willie guest. today. Yes. Our, yeah. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to and, meet you. And we also want to remember that this is horse capital of the That's world, right? <laughs> Which like is why we have, bit. what, 61 breeds here? And yes. Just every discipline you yes. can think of. Every, yeah. And we love the fact that it's we such can awesome, bring some Western yeah. in into the show. Absolutely. Thanks to Squeak, yeah. so. so, Terry, tell us where you are from. You've been here in Florida a short time, I know, because I got the see you and meet with you when you first came down. However, I've known you to be barrel racing for quite a long time, but tell us where you're from and how you got started. Okay, I'm originally from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in a little bit of a town called Elizabeth. And uh, I've been riding since I've been a baby. Uh, my mom and dad uh, rode, ran barrel horses. Uh -huh. And um, as I got older, uh, I decided I'd like to do it professionally. So my husband and I uh, bought a farm and uh, we opened up, it was called Fallen Timber Stables, and I had a training and lesson program there for oh, years. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. And uh, we decided it was time to slow down, so uh, we sold our farm, and uh, we came down here for the winter, actually, last year. Right. We sold. And, and right. Yes, we did. <laughs> you were like, this yeah. isn't winter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. buckets. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, we came down and looked for property last summer, and we moved in in September. Right. <laughs> and that's when I got to be able to chat with you the first time, and so we've been seeing each other. Um, so tell us where in your career uh, along in from Pennsylvania and where you traveled and how before you got to Florida and tell us how where you went with your barrel racing as far as in your associations and you know how we how far you traveled and and your competition and okay um, well when I was younger, we stayed pretty local. We, mm -hmm. There was an um, organization there called the Western Pennsylvania Girls Barrel Racing Association. And um, I competed there, and I won their saddle and was their champion back in 1980. That dates me. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> and uh, from there, we did a little bit of amateur rodeo, and uh, then the IBRA, the NBHA, mm -hmm. they all came to be. Right. Um, I kind of took a little bit of time off from barrel racing right after we acquired our farm in the early to mid-90s, and uh, I showed the Appaloosa circuit and mm -hmm. uh, did some Western Pleasure and some Hunter Under Saddle with some, uh, you know, Appaloosas. And mm -hmm. uh, then I came back to my roots, mm -hmm. which were barrel racing, because then the 3D format started. Right, started. Because at the time I switched, barrel racing was kind of 
declining, um, you know, with entries and things like that mm -hmm. because um, people were starting to figure out that there were only so many places that were going to pay money. Right, and they're not going to enter if they know that, Ex yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So once the 3D and then the 4D format right. kicked in, it really rejuvenated our sport. It, it and, surely did, And, yeah. um, you know, it got a lot of people that otherwise would have not De, you know, decided to participate and right. made them uh, want to become, right. you know, participants. So um, I went back to my roots and, um, you know, started, you know, training and, um, you know, giving lessons, barrel racing lessons. I was probably one of the first people up in the western part of the state besides Subalagna that mm -hmm. actually did formal um, barrel racing but, lessons. Uh -huh, I see. And, um, but anyway, it sort of kind of evolved from there. And along the way, you know, we played at the futurities a little bit and that, had you know, I got to meet different people who right. later became clients. Uh, Ray Brem was one of them. He right. entrusted me with uh, you know Cookins Rapid Sixes right. and Fashionable Cash, and um, Kevin Henning. Um, mm -hmm. He ended up. I sold him a, a real nice uh, one of the first Dash to Fames that ever came east of the uh, Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> um, I bought from uh, Jeff Michael. Mm -hmm. And um, she turned into a really nice horse, and Kevin bought her, and then that evolved into him sending me. Oh, horse, cool! You know, horse for him. So, well, for the people here again, as you know, Louisa said, we have people that are trying to learn. Let's go over again what it, what the 3D, but let's go use the 4D because that's what most everybody does now. What the 4D means, what that concept of competition is. You know, let's go over right. that for it. So, you know, when we start off with the, the very fastest time in a jackpot is the winner of the 1D. So, right. So, example, if for simplicity, if 15-0 yeah. wins right. the jackpot, right. then a half a second off would mm -hmm. start your 15-5. Right, and that and would be the 2D. 2D. Mm -hmm. And then another half a second from that right. would be 16-0. That would start your 3D. And, and then 16.5. Well, well, actually, a second, a, a, another full, full second. second, yeah. Right, would be, exactly. would be the 40. Yeah, right. Right, would be the 40. So I said. So it, the fastest. The fastest is, is going to be like 15.0, then you're going to be a half a second off for the 2D, a full second for the 3D, and then a two seconds for the, for the 40. 40. But it get what it does, we, we discussed this a lot. Um, you know, sometimes this is, you know, people that are, are competing and having a lot of fun taking their barrel horses in the 3D and 4D, that it's either could be their level of education and they don't really have the means or want to get more horse than that, or it could be their age, it could be, you know, um, it, it's a lot of reason. Right. And or and for some of us, a lot of it, I mean, we love to use it to help bring our young horses on so you don't have to you know, feel that pressure, but, yeah, but don't, yeah. you know, I was going to say to you, don't you feel that uh, that really opened up the barrel horse industry oh, again? It, it certainly did. Uh, it's huge now. Uh, when it did that huge. change? It's in early 90s, 90s. when uh, the MBHA, which is the National Barrel Horse Association, it began in 1992, 1992. Yes. And I'm a charter member because you know, and see, and, and I, I really didn't even know exactly how it was going to work. I just knew that the people that were involved, which was Martha Josie and Talmadge Green and Mr. Morris and all these people that were in it, I said, I know it's going to be something good, so I better join, you know. <laughs> but it has been very good. Yeah, but, I can remember the yeah. um, 
they had a big meeting when, at the All American Court Horse Congress. That yeah, year. right. And um, you know they had us all. Yeah. And that's I, I went to the number. first World Finals. I'd I'd made that. I've I've qualified several times, but I don't go back because it's kind of a hassle. But I went because the first year they had a Futurity and Derby along with it, and I won second in the Derby there, which was a big deal. But you know it, it it's turned into it's turned a barrel horse uh, industry around oh, to sure. where a local jackpot here a local jackpot is 130 horses to run mm -hmm. almost almost any time you go yep um and that's just a weekend local jackpot now you now when you have one of those here like that locally mm -hmm. do you have people come from all over is that ocala people do we have that not many? just ocala no but it'll bring it'll bring for about a hundred miles away at the most if if they don't have anything going in their area they'll come up they'll come up you yes. know and and we're talking ocala williston trenton you know mm -hmm. uh you know uh tonight today we have one down at um at Fruitland Park, which is you know close to Leesburg, mm -hmm. um, a thousand added. Well, that's that'll bring quite a few people because mm -hmm. there's a thousand dollars added plus our entry fees and stuff. But it'll be a 4D. Now, how does the added work? So they just add that to yeah, get people to come. Is that the idea? Of course, yeah. yeah. The more money added, the more people you're going to get. And they'll do that based on how many entries they get. Is mm. that how that works? Or? No, that they'll they have to tell you up front what they're going to add and then and then add it to, yeah. to the pot, you yeah. know. That doesn't bode well for the uh, producers yeah. if they don't, so they, you know, they yeah. always use, you know. Yeah, they have, there, there have been occasions in the past that some shady things went on, like they would advertise a huge added money, and then when they didn't get enough entries, they wouldn't put the money up. So that's that's not good. No, no, <laughs> no people have a tendency to remember. Now, yeah, what about <laughs> cost for somebody to get to participate in mm. one of these barrel races? Is it expensive to enter, or not compared right. to a lot of other things? A lot of equine yeah. sports, right? <laughs> no, exactly, not well, compared. It's about forty dollars average. Yeah, an average on that. Now, now you know, rodeo when you're PRCA into WPRA rodeo, and it's usually a little more. Because you know it's it's it is professional women women's professional rodeo association and we're in with the professional rodeo cowboy association, and so the usually entry fees there are a little more. But our the more local now now when you get the big um, what they call super shows that are going to have 400 500 entries now th those get a little yeah. expensive because you've got stall fees and you because you're that. there for yeah. three Office or four days and, and all that yeah they stay. put in all administration <laughs> costs they can so then it could add up <laughs> yeah. it can add up yeah. but a local jackpot is like uh, Terry said probably around 40 you know yeah average is yeah average I'd say that especially compared to entrance fees for Hunter Jumper show. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And it, in fact, some of my Hunter and Jumper, I, you know, I rode Adventures years ago when I was in high school and college. I loved it. And uh, But, um, you know, some of my hunt seat people that I do some work for or know or family members or whatever, you know, and they'll say, you get you get money? You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, you win money you, get, you win money doing that? <laughs> yeah. Uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that was the attraction of the, you know, the D format, the four right. format, because it allowed those people who otherwise, you know, weren't sitting on yeah. top caliber horses to have a shot to, you know, go have fun and at least cover right. their and, expenses. And leave with some cash. Have, right. have a chance to cover their right. fuel. Now, you know? now yeah. uh, this is a question I've, I've kind of been curious about. We're on Helmet Awareness Day today, mm. um, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, a, a day mm -hmm. that they're trying to bring about the awareness of, you know, riding with a helmet. Um, I have to admit that I 
trail ride my horse without one. Mm. Um, I do have a beautiful <laughs> 1K at home, and if I was going to jump or you know do something, then I, that would be on my head. Which I know, I know, I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this one. But what about barrel racing? And, it's not and a helmets? requirement. It, no. it, it, it is a suggestion. Is it? Um, that uh, now almost every hunt seat person, and I'm talking about even high level. Uh, I've been around and know have friends that are also Olympic you know finalists and stuff and they'll say you guys don't wear a helmet and yeah. I'm like no not unless you choose to um, what would you say the percentages of people who wear them now is it more than it used to be or it's more it's is more it? than it yeah, I think the younger kids that are coming up you know the kids that well, grew I, up yeah. wearing helmets riding bicycles right exactly I mean it's very natural for them it's kind, it's kind of like yeah. the we used to be able to do everything it's kind of like the Jeff Foxworthy thing and his deal when he says you know seatbelt that was your dad's <laughs> arm you know yeah. it's, it's kind of like that you know we didn't we wore helmets if we rode hunt seat because it was actually part of the costume right you know exactly. where with what well, listen, we my helmet literally was like a piece yeah. of costume where it was well, like, no. And, and, you know, other than think uh, rodeoing or what we call a dress code, um, we don't wear a cowboy hat at just local jackpots because this is a barrel race. And barrel racing isn't necessarily a cowboy event. It's not at all a cowboy event. It's it's a barrel race, okay? It just happens to be in rodeo, the only event that is there for women. In, in the rodeo is the barrel race, the but barrel race. but in, anyway, at, at certain venues we do have to wear a dress code, which means long sleeve shirt, boots, and hat, cowboy hat. And they'll or you, you can wear a helmet. You can wear a helmet. Yes, you can. And I can say that um, when I you know when I have students, when I was teaching, I strongly suggested. In fact, it was a rule that anybody under sixteen had to wear a helmet because. Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, yeah, for liabilities and stuff. And yeah. right. Well, but, and I and I do think a lot of the saddle clubs nowadays they require that anybody under eighteen wears a helmet mm -hmm. at a lot of saddle clubs. Yeah, some of their local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I always figured once they were sixteen and they could drive themselves, I kind of that ship sailed. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I could suggest that they put it on, but yeah. Know. Well, I, so. but I, you know, and I know I'm sure I'll catch a lot of flack about it too because I've already caught a lot of flack about it, but. It's just, it's just, um, it's, it's just not in our our sport. It, it's just it's, not part of our sport. It's we not didn't grow up we, with it. Yeah, you know? yeah. and I bought it's a helmet hard. and I've tr I tried. I didn't. Uh, I do. I, I didn't. It's hanging in my trailer. Oh, there every, you go. It goes everywhere and remind you that you have it. Yes, it goes everywhere with me. But it just but, but make an racing, it, I mean, you don't. You, of course, you do see incidences. We're not. I mean, last weekend where we were, there was two right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> the first two runners were a little bit of a wreck, and we yeah. were like, mm. "Well, there was a little error, rider error, and some of it." But you know, um, I don't know. It just never been something that had has been big in the sport. And, no. But I think as it evolves, like I said, yeah. the kids that grew up, yeah, it, I you'll think see. you'll see you'll, you'll see more and more. And, and yeah. as they refine the helmets, right. I mean, when they first came out, they were like putting a bowling ball in your oh, head. Oh, I know. Now they're and, gorgeous. Uh, you they know, make the well, I don't know. They just, they don't look right when you're on a cowboy no, event. No, they, they just don't look right. I, I agree. I agree. They However, don't. they are trying to make one that looks like a cowboy hat. It still looks kind of odd. <laughs> but it's still they're trying they're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, make it where people all, isn't it? Yeah. yeah resist all they're trying they're trying hard. to make one that makes it look like a cowboy hat so that we will wear helmets but 
It hasn't I, gone. I've seen. They the need list. to refine I, it a lot but, more before. But anyway, <laughs> so um, uh, you were just telling me before we came back on air that you're not going to make it to the barrel race today because because my horse decided to come in the from the pasture with a swelled up leg. Oh dear. And, so we um, got to take care of that. Got, yeah, and mm. uh, I, I think he probably just tweaked it. Or, yeah. You know, but. I know. It's a, he's my only one running right now, so I, know. I need to take care of him. I know. Maybe he's not very stoic. And I would, I, Maybe he's faking it because he doesn't out. feel like running today. <laughs> Jack's, well, Jasper's kind yeah. of... He's, he's pretty cool, the, though. Yeah. I, I made, like last week, and I made a point to tell a couple of people, I said, watch this horse go when Nick called your name to go. I said, what? this is such a nice... He's huge. This yeah, is a is. big horse. And big horses in barrels have to have a certain quality of being able to be a little quicker or they don't make it. No. Because he's so big, he's got the stride, he just, you know, sometimes they don't have the quickness. But right. this so horse he's does. He's got to get his body out of his way, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. This, this horse of hers does. He, but he's so big. I, he's I, was, huge. I remember seeing him the first time. I went, whoa. <laughs> you know. Awesome. He's very intimidating to right. him. Yeah. Oh, we he's certainly a, hope he heals up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he will. He just probably But the average. Him. Average barrel horse, wouldn't you say, would be 15-2? Two. Yeah, you I know, was say they're not yeah. usually yes, uh, between. Yeah. You know, my ideal prospect. Right. I really like right. That's 15 what hands to 15-2. Exactly. And I was telling Squeak last week when I bought him. Um, yeah, I didn't quite realize how big he was, and when the horse hauler got there and he opened that door, I'm like. Oh my God! You like she, a, did you bring me you the like right horse? Yeah, she oh, even yeah. asked if it yeah. was the right horse. <laughs> you like a big butt? Oh, yes. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because that's the motor. Oh yeah! That's you know, a horse pushes from the back end, and that's his motor. I like a nice long butt muscle and yeah. low set hocks. I, my daughter, every time she sees a quarter horse, that's what she does. Looks at the butt. It's yeah. a nice butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a nice butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a mm -hmm. very important, isn't it? I like a nice, you know, nice, just a nice conformed horse, balanced of course. horse. You know, basically, we we want the same thing every other event person wants is everything to be balanced. You know, we want the right shoulder, we want the right hip, we want the, you know, we, and we, we want, want we like for the neck not to be put on upside down or right. backwards. <laughs> that you know, good. Yeah. that stuff. You know, you that know kind a nice of thing. soft kind. Right. Of yeah. Yeah. How you yeah. hear the same thing, and we and sometimes we get it sometimes we don't sometimes we don't and you know like you know you can buy the best bread but like no. you know an old horse trader told me years ago you can't ride the papers no so, exactly you, know, you, you, you need to look at the horse and you know it's decide a form yeah right, it is form equals function right. and you know give yeah, the horse exactly. a shot it might not have the best head in the world right and, um, and they're always going to have a little no. flaw and you right. got to see well like you said and I, oh one of the best things that I ever heard this was a husband of a girl he did not know much about horses when he married her. Her brother is one of the big thoroughbred people here in town. He's partnered with somebody else, but what, and he runs barrels, but, and the sister did. But this was what was so funny. That he said the best thing I've ever heard about how, he says, you know, I'm just finally getting this. He says, when we go look at thoroughbreds, because he says, you look at everything from the knee and hock down and don't look at anything else. On the quarter horses, for the barrel horses, we look at everything from the knee and hock up and don't look <laughs> at anything down. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, one of my best barrel horses, was so, he stood where his front feet were pointing east and west. I mean, they were like that, you know. So it's a great, I mean, and he's right, right because he if right. they're, you know, in the thoroughbred industry, everything from there down has to be absolutely aligned perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yes. it doesn't matter if he has a big old jug head or what, as long as he can run, you know. <laughs> That's right. But in the quarter horses, don't look at, don't look at them from the knees and hocks down because that's that cannot Terry. be. 
thank you so much. Oh, Please you're stay welcome. for the rest of the show. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Squeak, thank you, thank you, you for our barrel yeah. segment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you very brought much. Brought to you by The Turning Point. We really yes. appreciate it. Thank you very yeah. much. Hi, guys. This is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now, please go out there and share the podcast.